There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. And we've got some more Flyers talk, and we've got an outdoors game to look forward to on NBC. But the Flyers are back in action, Joe. They returned on Thursday night, and they did not win that game, but it felt like a win in many ways, Joe, in my opinion. Uh, a 3-2 shootout loss to the Rangers – in a game where the Flyers are playing their first for the first time in 11 days. They don't have six regulars, uh, and they get a point out of it. In your mind, Joe, was that a victory in many ways? I, I, I don't know. Like, with everybody being a professional, I don't think there's such a thing as moral victories, but I don't think you can take too much negative out of this game. They came out of, They came out in the first period, and they had a couple early icings, and you started to go, oh, this doesn't look great. And then they took over play for the rest of the first period. Now they had ups and downs, and they get outshot in the game, which is nothing new for this, this season. Um, but I, I really feel like there was never a point to me where I was like, oh, look out, the Rangers are buzzing. To me, when you watch that game last night, there were only two players on the Rangers that even stood out for good reasons – and that was Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox, the defenseman. Um, Mika Zibanejad stood out. He looks like the shell of the player that he once was. So, I mean, you don't – They, I felt like that the Rangers weren't very good in that game. And, and generally, I don't know how good they are as a team. Um, but the Flyers that, – that said, the Flyers have two, three guys on the ice that might not even be NHL players. So – you know, I think you have to be happy with getting that game, not only to overtime, but also a shootout because you saw down the stretch and particularly in overtime, Carter Hart had to make some 10 bell saves to get that game to a shootout. And then what are you going to do? You lose, I mean, you, you give up a, a shootout goal to Artemi Panarin, who's with that goal last night, I think he's hovering around 70% in his career on shootout goals. And, you know, that that's JVR is probably not your at that point in the shootout with a must score. He's probably not the guy you would want out there, but that's how the cards fell. You have to take the point and go to Tahoe with it and just hope to build on it. Cause you're going to be dealing with the same sort of shorthanded situation on Sunday out there. Yeah. It was almost a little uh, glimpse of what we're going to see uh, at Tahoe. Uh, another shorthanded game for the flyers where, they're missing some of their biggest faces, biggest names, biggest playmakers across the board. And it's so funny because I'm sitting there thinking, wow, it sounds so hockey cliche uh, to say, hey, they got a point and that was good. Like, but that truly did um, resonate there in that moment that the Flyers, again, considering all things, 
COVID-19 scare with their team, not playing in 10 games. That was their first game in 11 days. Um, I'm sorry, they're playing their, not, not playing a game for 10 days. That was their first game in 11 days. Um, dealing with the weather outside, the double testing uh, for, uh, that they have to undergo for COVID-19. Just so many obstacles on top of uh, not having Claude Drew, Jacob Voracek, Travis Konechny, Justin, uh, Justin Braun, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom. You say it like that because it really is like, wow, they were missing a lot of guys. Um, and just to at least get a point out of that just felt like a win. But now they head to Tahoe, Joe, and the task is much taller. No doubt about it. Uh, not only are they playing an outdoor game where things are always a little weird and different um, and the stage is much bigger uh, with the game being on national television and all that fun stuff, uh, but they are playing the Bruins, one of the best teams in the NHL, with star power uh, up top, a really good goalie. Uh, are you worried about how this Flyers team is going to fare given who they have against who the Bruins have? Uh, I think there's a significant amount of concern to be had. Uh, the one thing I will say is they really haven't had Sean Couturier play against this Bruins team. So that could be a huge advantage against that top line. Now, I know from a scoring perspective, you're missing a lot of um, key elements to your team. And, you know, the – it remains to be seen how the setting affects these players because of the altitude. And you don't know how that's going to um, affect these guys. But uh, I would say in, in terms of hockey cliches, you know, you could say they stole a point last night. I don't think the Rangers were good enough in that game to warrant that being titled stole. If they're to get any points against the Bruins with the lineup they have, I would say that would be stealing points. Um, because let's be honest, it's a full fledged Bruins team that's been playing on the regular. They've had a couple games in them, you know, canceled because of opponents and things like that. But, um, against anything but a, a full fledged team from the Flyers. And, you know, we've, we've talked about how the Bruins have struggled or sorry, the Flyers have struggled against this Bruins team this year and the variety of reasons that they have done so. And, you know, um, David Pasternak was two games ago, the third game the Flyers faced the Bruins. He was an absolute force. Um, you know, he'll be fired up to this game. But I will say this. Um, we did an interview with Carter Hart this week. Uh, Karen, Karen Hatcher did the interview. Um, that'll air in our, uh, our Flyers Take Tahoe special at noon on Sunday. And Carter talked about being motivated for this, uh, for this outdoor game because he mentioned the last one he played in was late in 2017 in the IIHF with Canada, and they played in Buffalo, and it was a blizzard. I'm not sure if you remember that game. I'm sure you do. The visuals were amazing. Yeah. Um, then Carter got hurt the day before the game at the link, so he didn't get to play in front of the fans at the link, and he seemed genuinely disappointed about that, both then and then the other day when we were talking to him. So I feel like he, ha he wants to go out there and he's definitely a kid that grew up playing on outdoor rinks and, you know, a, a guy from Alberta outdoor rinks is just like a, that's like a Tuesday for them. Um, so I think he wants to go out there uh, in this environment and, and show what he's made of. The Angie's list, you know, and trust is now Angie. 
we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Absolutely, Joe. I think Carter is really pumped for this game uh, for all the reasons you just mentioned. And, heck, it's a big game. It's the, a, a team that the Flyers are really using as almost a barometer of where are we? Are we there with the Bruins? Can we compete with them? in this realigned East division. I think deep down they know they can, but they still need to prove it. They are 0-2-2 against Boston. And I think Carter deep down knows, I want to come out here and play stopper almost. Um, I know we're shorthanded. I know we're missing key guys. I know the stage uh, in which we're playing. Um, Can he shine? I think that he's by far their most important player over this stretch here with all these guys missing. Um, They are shorthanded across the board. Like you said, Joe, they have some guys that, might not even be NHL regulars in the future playing playing in this in their lineup um, against the Big Bad Bruins. But Carter Hart is Carter Hart. And if he can keep it low scoring, if he can make big saves uh, and just give them a chance to get a huge goal here and there, um, hey, maybe they take a point. Maybe they even surprise everyone and win the game. We shall see. But Carter Hart uh, is awfully important. Joe, I wanted to ask you, we, we've seen all the scenics uh, out in Lake Tahoe. Uh, on the 18th fairway with uh, the shore behind. Um, it's just a yeah, beautiful, beautiful landscape there. Um, obviously a lot different than playing in a football stadium or a baseball stadium with fans, but uh, nonetheless, really cool to see. Do you have an outdoor game uh, that you remember most fondly or that you thought was the coolest? Uh, any memories from an outdoor game that you really kind of just remember well? Well, I, I would I would say I remember the Link game because I was at the game, yeah. so I I remember that. That's the only one of these that I've gotten to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember the Citizens Bank Park game because um, I remember going over to the rink the day before or a couple of days before and just kind of scoping it out and 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 you know I was over there doing stuff for for work and some media stuff. So it was very uh, it, it was that was the first time I'd ever gotten a glimpse in person of any of these kind of settings. Um, but I would say I remember the link game um, just from being there, uh, from, from watching the game from a football press box. It was a very weird, uh, interesting sort of, uh, you know, setting for me and an experience for me. Um, you mentioned the Lake Tahoe, the Phoenix. I think this game and a lot of the guys we've talked to, have also said the same thing. I think this game is going to be most like what some of these players grew up playing in because it's, it's actually in the elements. It's not in a 90,000 seat stadium or, you know, a 50,000 seat baseball stadium. This, this game is out there with the lake and the trees and the mountains and it's in the elements. It's more of, of that style. Now it's probably not as cold as they're used to playing in these elements, but, um, yeah, I think this is going to be most like the traditional pond hockey or, you, you know, the origin of the idea of what the NHL was trying to get 
I think this year, this event will, will come as close to that as any that they've done in the past. Yeah, truly. And I know with, uh, with games now in, in regular NHL arenas, but obviously with no fans and the majority of them, they've been pumping in a lot of fake crowd noise, which I think is fine. It, as long as it sounds kind of real, it, it, it does make you feel like you're watching a game with fans reacting. This, I, I don't know how exactly it's going to play out. I don't expect them to do fake fan noise, given everyone knows there's no fans. That's the beauty of this game uh, and, and the uniqueness of it. So I hope we can kind of just hear the players skating and uh, hear the puck, hear the boards. I, I think that's going to be really, really cool um, on top of just the beautiful scenery there. Like you said, truly, it is in the great outdoors, uh, and that's really cool. Uh, Joe, the, the Flyers may very well go with 11 forward, seven defensemen. It's looking like Elaine Mignot is kind of leaning toward that uh, on practice on Friday before the team traveled to state line uh, Nevada. Um, they, it looked like Mark Freeman was taking rushes on that fourth line and Maxim Sushko, who made his NHL debut Thursday, was off to the side. Do you feel like that's the right move that they go with 11 forward, 70? I kind of think it is. I think it's kind of the situation that's presented for them. Um, what do you think about that? I think that's – I think when in doubt and when you're shorthanded, defense has to come first. You have to be sound defensively because if you don't, the whole rest of the game can come off the rails and it can come off the rails quickly. And you don't want to leave – you know, you don't want to say, Carter, go out and save this game for us. It's all on you. You don't want that. I feel like Carter already does that to himself anyway, but you don't want – you, you know, you don't want to magnify that pressure. I honestly think the best approach for this game for the Flyers is not to come out and go, hey, look at the rink, look at the trees, look at the lake, look at the, the sunshine, look at all this. I think the approach is look at the opponent, and we haven't beaten them yet. Because regardless of where this game's being played, I think you need to beat the Bruins. You need to get a win against this Bruins team under your belt. Because right now, I feel like they, the Bruins are what the Islanders were last year. They're, they have the Flyers number a little bit. The Flyers are having trouble figuring it out. They had trouble figuring it out when the Bruins weren't a top strength. And then they really had trouble figuring it out, as I mentioned, when Pasternak came back for the last pair of games that they played against them. So I think they desperately need a win against this Boston team. And that's regardless of where the setting is. So, you know, Forget the lake, forget the trees, forget all that stuff, as hard as that may be to do. you got to go out and play a hockey game and focus on the B on the jersey of the other team because that's, that's the biggest obstacle in your way right now. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is there to help. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Joe. Soak it in before the game. Maybe soak it in on that Saturday practice early in the morning. Uh, maybe look at some pictures after the game and be like, hey, that was really cool. I'm going to save that, maybe put it on my wall at home. But no, when you're in the middle of that game, uh, really focus on winning that game because it, it truly is an important one. And you can really only wonder what it would do for the Flyers' mental psyche if they can win that game somehow. Finally beat the Bruins and then do it uh, while you're pretty darn shorthanded. Uh, you got to think that would only help their confidence moving forward. And I really think it probably is the best decision. Uh, I have nothing against Maxim Sushko, but he just played his NHL debut. He played just under six minutes. Uh, throwing him out there in this type of game, an outdoor game with the magnitude of that, on top of, hey, you're playing the Bruins with Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. 
I, I think Vigneault is thinking, let, let me get a little more experience in there, get a little more defensive with Mark Freeman, because uh, there's a good chance the action is going to be coming toward the Flyers more so than the Flyers are taking it towards the Bruins. Why not get a def- another defenseman out there, have a guy that can kill plays? Uh, sh- Mark Freeman's a guy that they always talk about playing with bite. Uh, they could probably use that. Um, so I think that's probably going to be the way they go. And, hey, it's, if that's not case in point of the Flyers making the best of things, 11-4 and 70 on an outdoor game where you're trying to put your best foot out there. Uh, but that might be, the, uh, might be their best way to go about it. Um, I think I agree with you, Jordan. And the thing is, when, when you look at young forwards, and particularly guys that, are, um, that really don't have much NHL experience, when they start playing in games, and we saw it a couple times last night, the wingers in particular – the thing that they seem to struggle with is the defensive responsibilities of the winger. When, when, you know, and we saw that a couple times with Shishko last night. You know, it's kind of like where to be, and when this happens, where am I supposed to be? Who's my guy? This is my responsibility. Is this guy trailing the play? Where do I pick him up? That kind of stuff. I, I think that's the kind of stuff you can't leave the question against a team like the Bruins. Um, particularly with the way they're, I mean, you, not that Shushka would be out there on a power play, but their power play is lethal. But what I'm saying is when you have a winger that's questioning maybe where am I supposed to be in this situation, where am I supposed that could end up leading to penalties, leading to more power plays. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the Bruins power play with Nick Ritchie in the middle has looked awesome this season. And obviously, Pasternak's a huge part of that. Marshan, you know, Bergeron, the list goes on and on. You don't want to put – you don't want to give them the man advantage more times in a game. So, I think the right move is to have that extra D out there. I think that's, that's the way to go. And, you know, see what happens. You're only you – can, they can only – Elaine Vigneault can only play the cards that he's been dealt. And right now, you know – that's what he's doing. And, um, you know, I feel like it's the best approach. And it's really a shame. Obviously they're, they're very undermanned right now because of the COVID-19 situation, but uh, they had, they really liked their depth along the wing going into this season. And they did, they had a lot of names that everyone was kind of intrigued by, but everyone is hurt. And it's just truly a shame. You think about it, Linus Sandin, the guy they got out of the SHL, he's hurt. Uh, he a hundred percent will probably be getting a crack at things right now. Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison, two four-year college guys uh, that can play in your bottom six, that they were both excited – the team was excited about both of them. Both hurt. Um, Morgan Frost, hurt. It's just like – it's just wild, um, the, the injuries that they've gone through uh, uh, right now to start the season in terms of depth uh, guys that, man, to the point where, yeah, Max, Maxim Sushko is making his NHL debut. Samuel, Samuel Moran is playing, um, obviously – uh, Matthew Strom now is on their taxi squad. Uh, yeah, they're just they're ravaged by injuries and and, and the COVID nineteen situation. Um, at for a game that's going to be on national television with all eyes watching. So at, that is the hand the Flyers are dealt, and they're going to have to make the best of it. Your Flyers are taking it to the great outdoors, and only one team puts you on the ice before the puck drops. Break down the historic matchup with your pregame crew and hear from Carter Hart on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Then relive the Flyers' biggest outdoor moments with Bernie Perrant on NBC 10. 
It all leads up to an unforgettable face-off at two as your Flyers battle the Bruins at Lake Tahoe. Your game day starts at noon, only on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Joe, I wanted to ask, what does Scott Hartnell take out of that game Thursday night? Um, I didn't get a chance to tune into post-game live as much as I would like, uh, just with post-game interviews and writing responsibilities, but what does Scott Hartnell take out of that game? I think he took that, you know, it was a, it, it was a strong effort. And quite honestly, I, I think early in that game, all of us were a little surprised that the Flyers didn't look rusty. There was not a lot of rust. No. They were flying around. I mean, they're crashing the net. Um, you saw it with the, the Farabee goal. Everybody's crashing the net. I mean, the, it, it didn't look like they, a team that hadn't played in 11 days, understandably. A, lot, a number of those guys were not, you know, part of the team that yeah. didn't play for 11 days. But, you know, I, I think, he, he, you know, you take what you can get there. And I feel like that, you know, AV likes to call it a skills competition and almost like it's, it seems to be a little sarcasm, like it's not a real loss. So unfortunately it counts that way in the standings, but to take that game to a, sh uh, you know, to a shootout, I think was an accomplishment. And I think we, you know, we got into that a lot on post game last night and he, he expressed that, you know, it was a good effort and uh, that Sunday is going to be quite a different animal. Uh, we will watch the game play out and the Flyers are going to try to go there and really try to steal a game. That's exactly what they're probably thinking of is stealing a game. And I've been kind of intrigued by this whole David versus Goliath type of thing, Joe. Um, I think this one truly kind of feels like David versus Goliath. Um, and it kind of makes it uh, fun and interesting going into the game, knowing that the Flyers are, are definitely uh, kind of have their backs against the wall and let's see how they, how they handle themselves. But Joe Flores, thank you as always. Cannot wait to watch. Flyers pre and post game live on NBC Sports Philadelphia fans check it out. Uh, thank you for joining me for joining me, Joe. Uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. Uh, special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer, and Flyers fans. As always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.